0: I love to reflect at the end of the year. I live in Iowa, and it is pretty cold at this time of the year, and I love curling up in a blanket, maybe kicking on the fireplace, sipping hot tea, and just reflecting. Reflection can prompt feelings of gratitude, it can spark an aha moment, it can give you the clarity that you need to make decisions moving forward. And so I want you to wrap up this year with intention, with gratitude, with a deeper understanding of yourself and others. So I invite you to listen to this episode. We're going to talk about three ways that you can reflect at the end of the year. I think a couple of them might surprise you. I hope that this episode will give you a dose of inspiration as we bid farewell to the old and embrace the possibilities of the new. So let's reflect and reveal. Let's do this do you want to feel less scattered and more focused but the idea of goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life if so welcome to the plan goal plan podcast i'm danielle McGew. i'm a professor mom planner addict and recovering overachiever after years of hustle and grind i was tired of trying harder i was ready to try easier At the intersection of research, practice, and play, I found a purposeful path to planning and goal setting that is fun, simple, and sustainable. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I will equip you with tools and practices to clarify purpose, reclaim time, and achieve goals, playfully and lightly. Let's get started. I cannot believe that I'm almost to episode 100. That's so wild to me. I just want to take a moment and thank you so much for listening, for supporting, and you know, if you're just tuning in, I have this wildly audacious goal to help 1 million women be bold at work and present at home. So if you know someone that's been struggling to juggle it all and is really looking for ways to make next year a year of transformation and growth, please share this podcast with them, share this episode with them. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So about seven or eight years ago, I was in a funk. I was a new mom. I had no idea what I was doing. And for the record, I still don't know what I was doing. It's just that now I accept that as normal. But at the time, I was really insecure about whether or not I was doing the right thing. Was I being a good mom? How the heck do I be a mom and still show up at my job in the way that I wanted to? I, I didn't know how to be a wife, a partner to my husband. It felt like we kind of moved from doing all these fun things together to just like running logistics by each other. I need you to do this and I'm going to do that. Ready, set, go. And I was exhausted. I was, I was really lost. I didn't really know who I was anymore. I didn't really know what I enjoyed. I didn't know what I wanted. And at the time, I didn't have any practices in place of personal reflection. And that's not to say that I didn't reflect. I would process things i process things with my friends, my colleagues, my husband. Ryan, my husband, and I, we like to go on walks. And a lot of our conversations on those walks were reflective in nature. But reflection wasn't really a consistent practice for me, nor was it particularly intentional. If, if that sounds familiar to you, if you're someone who reflects, but maybe you don't have a consistent practice of reflecting or an intentional way that you approach it, welcome, you're in the right place. I really wish that I remembered the exact moment that I decided that I needed to do something. You know, the moment where I decided that even though I was exhausted, I could still take action. The moment that I decided I wanted to create a life rather than just having life happen to me. I wish I could tell you a story about a grand moment where that the the switch flipped for me. But I don't remember a precise moment. It was more like there were a lot of little moments that came together. So around that time I applied for a leadership academy where when I was accepted it required that two days every single quarter we would have retreats and reflection was a huge part of that. And at the same time I was reading all sorts of books on planning and goal setting and I teach courses around identity creation so I was doing some reflecting through those courses. I also stumbled upon this wonderful product called Cultivate What Matters Power Sheets. If you're not familiar, they're absolutely beautiful. And it really prompted me to put pen to paper. I used these power sheets for several years, and they were really an important part of my own process of putting together a practice of planning and goal setting. Eventually, I did create my own approach to planning and goal setting, There. But what was really happening is I was finding ways to reflect and then take action. Reflect, take action. And today's episode is going to offer you three ways that you can reflect at the end of the year. I hope that out of these three methods, you can at least find one that appeals to you. You can also jump in there and try all three. I think all of them spark your brain in different ways and capture different modes of learning. I believe that reflecting can change your life and having regular consistent and intentional practices of reflecting can be a huge huge game changer. You know that being said you have to do something with the lessons. You got to take some action from the things that you learn. So don't just stop at processing. The first way that you can reflect at the end of the year is through journaling. And journaling does not have to be complicated, and it does not have to be you writing your autobiography. As a kid, I would try and try and try to journal, but I felt like journaling required me to write a diary. And when I was younger, I would try to write out all of the things that happened to me, like almost re- rewriting a story of the day. And for whatever reason, this just didn't appeal to me. I couldn't get it to stick. And at one point, When I was trying to get back into journaling sometime in my 30s, I had this like moment where I realized, Danielle, you can just have bullet points. (laughs) You can just jot things down. It can be fragments. It doesn't have to be this well-crafted narrative. And that gave me permission to just get things down on paper. So I'm going to share with you some of my favorite prompts to help me journal. So it can be something as simple as just sort of describing what happened this last year. What moments stick out to you from this past year? What worked? What didn't? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? Who played a big part in your life this past year? So John Acuff has a fairly new book called All It Takes is a Goal. He talks a lot about having a best moments list and the power of having a best moments list. He does have a download where you can download 20 questions that are really fun that will help you tap into the best moments that you've had in your whole life. But you could focus your best moments list on just this previous year. He talks about the way that having a best moments list can really trigger self-awareness, mindfulness, and happiness. It's a really joyful list. Do something as simple as just creating a best moments list. And you don't have to do it all in one day. You can Sit down, jot what comes to your mind immediately. And then as things start to emerge in the coming days, when something pops up, just find a place to put it. Whether that's a Post-it note or maybe a notes app on your phone, just jot it down somewhere. And when you get a chance, put them all together. There's no right or wrong way. Just get it out somehow. If you are a journaler and you need to put pen to paper, there's so much research that shows the power of writing things down Like I said earlier, for a long time I was using the Cultivate What Matters power sheets and they were working incredibly well. But there were a few things that I wish that they had included. So for example, I found I needed to really think about what's my capacity as I was writing my goals or what are different types of rest and how can I incorporate different types of rest and how can I approach things so that I know how to discern between what types of rest are needed when. I also just, I needed some guidance on not only how to break goals down, but how to decide what goals I should work on when. So when I was working through the Cultivate What Matters power sheets and a lot of other goal setting systems, I would set all of these goals for a year and then I would try to do all of them all at once. And usually I'd have a really strong week or two and then I would just crash. I'd just crash, and maybe a few habits, maybe a few practices would linger, but a lot of times they would fall away. Um, I think this is what happens for a lot of people with New Year's resolutions. They try to do so much all at once, and it goes well for a little bit, and then you burn out. It's too much, too soon. I started to create my own prompts, my own processes that would lead me to a place where I was ready to set goals for the year. And so if you go to plangoalplan.etsy.com, you can find my 2024 goal-setting workbook. If you use the code PLANGOALPLAN20, you can save 20%. This brings it down to like $15, $16. And I have a lot of pages of reflection that will guide you. And you don't have to do them all at once. You know, you can just do a page a day or a page a week, whatever works for you. But if you are someone that wants to journal, but needs some guidance on how to do that, you know, check that out. It will download immediately and it's super affordable. You know, also check out those 20 question prompts from John Acoff. If you just Google John Acoff, best moments list, I think it will come up for you. If you're listening to this and you're like, Danielle, I just don't know that I am a journaling person. One, I would encourage you to just give it a shot. I think that it's a really healthy practice to engage in. And like I said, there's so much research that shows that writing, putting things on paper can make a huge impact. It does something different to our brain. But if you are a crafty person, the second way that you can reflect at the end of the year is to do a reverse vision board. So a lot of times at the beginning of the year, people create a vision board that will capture images of what they want their future to look like. You can do this in reverse, make a memory board. You could collect images from the past year and make a collage. My dad was my art teacher growing up and both of my sisters are really artsy-fartsy and I don't know, I, I mean I am in the sense that I you know, run a theater, I write plays, I'm, I'm artsy in that way but in terms of like crafting and doodle skills, I'm really terrible. So I love stickers. I like to order stickers and I like to stick them in a way that create either my memory board or my vision board. You could also print out your favorite pictures and kind of do a scrapbook collage of your year. You could also create a Pinterest board where you pen pens that capture your year or you can make something on Canva. One of my good friends, her name's Jade and we got our PhDs together at Louisiana State University and Jade would always talk about she's very crafty, she makes jewelry, it's beautiful beautiful, beautiful jewelry. And she would talk about having busy hands, that there are times where she felt prompted to move her fingers and to make. And if you are a person that you feel that prompt, you know, get your hands busy and use that crafting as a reflective process. What I would just encourage you to do is like as you work, pay attention to the thoughts and the feelings that are emerging as you're pulling out your glue or adding a sticker to the page, or what happened when you put those images together, what what feeling emerged during that moment. So just pay attention and, and take note of what emerges during the crafting process. The final way to reflect at the end of the year that I'm going to offer you is to make it social. Make it social, especially if you're an extrovert. It might be really motivating for you to think about reflecting as a group activity. So. Invite a friend to take a reflective walk with you. You can take turns asking each other questions. My friend Angela and I love to have what we call clarity walks where we walk with each other and one person might just ask some questions and listen while the other person talks and then we'll take turns and enjoy listening to each other. You could also host an end-of-the-year party where you have a story circle where everyone shares a story that captures something significant from the past year. You can learn by sharing, but you also learn by listening to others. Other people's stories will spark your own memories and your own reflections. So, if you need that external accountability of doing this with other people, make it social. I have this really nerdy dream that when my kids are a little bit older and they're doing their own thing on New Year's Eve, I would love, love, love to start hosting a New Year's Eve party with my friends where we show up in pajamas. And cozy fluffy socks and everyone brings their journals and we reflect on the year and share stories with each other and start to set our next year's goals. I just think it'd be so fun. We can sip hot cocoa and hot tea and and ring in the new year with each other and our dreams for the future. So that's something that I would really love to do in the future when, when my kids are out and about and Maybe I'd even stay up till midnight. So reflection has been my compass. It's something that guides me through the ebbs and flows of life. Like I said, seven or eight years ago, I was standing at a crossroads as a new mom. I was exhausted, I felt lost, I yearned for a change. And maybe you too are finding yourself at the end of this year at a crossroad. And if you are, know that you're not alone and that maybe grabbing a pen or crafting or walking and talking with a friend is the first in a series of small steps that are gonna lead you to transformation over this next year. I offered you three potent ways to reflect at the end of the year. I talked about journaling, the art of putting pen to paper and capturing moments and insights. I talked about reversing the conventional vision board and crafting a memory board, a visual journey of significant snapshots of your year. Or you can make reflection a social experience. You can share stories and experiences with your friends, breathing life into your memories. I really, really, truly believe that reflecting can change your life. But the magic lies not just in the process of reflecting, but what you do with the insights that you gain. As you engage in these reflective practices, remember... Each intentional moment is a step forward towards creating a life that you desire. It's a process of reflecting and taking action, reflecting and taking action. So friends, let's bid well to the old with gratitude and welcome the possibilities of the future with intention. Whether you choose the quiet solace of journaling, the creative expression of crafting a memory board, or the shared wisdom of reflective dialogues, the power lies in the act of reflection itself. So embrace it, let it be a catalyst for your transformative journey into the new year, reflect, reveal, and step boldly into the possibilities that await. Be well, friends. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Plan, and digital message me. I want to say hello. I wanna geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.